0: Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing Me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. Happy Tuesday. Welcome
1: back. And January has been such a dreary month
0: so far. Yeah, it's gray. I'm feeling very like... It's 50 Shades of Gray. No. 50 Shades of... Boring.
1: I was trying to figure out another way to say that, but I was like, couldn't, couldn't do it. Okay
0: um how did everybody like last week's episode we've heard good things yeah it was so nice to see people sharing if you like an episode if you're listening to an episode it means so much to us when you share or when you send us messages or even send us like little tidbits that we can post it it's so lovely and just reminds us that you guys are listening and um it may seem like such a small thing but it it really does mean a lot
1: yeah totally it's also super important that That's why the podcast is here, right? It's for the arts community. It's for you. It's for us to create some solidarity and to share experiences and to really let each other know that we're here for each other. And we're all kind of going through the same thing, even though our experiences might be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, So we love to hear that you're relating to some of that and you're sharing it. And maybe you have an opinion to share. Maybe you don't. And you were like, oh, that was... I don't believe that. I don't know. Tell us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We we want conversation. We want discussion. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Totally. 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 And if you have any guests that you think would be excellent, Mm -hmm. send us a message. Send us a list. Yeah. If you're like, let us know. I am a huge fan of this person
1: and I unfortunately haven't been able to get them in a room. We'll do it. Yeah. Well, you can live vicariously through us. Yeah, exactly. And we'll live vicariously through Zoom for now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Do we think it's a good idea for schools to be open right now as this message comes out? That is the plan.
0: I think if they provide them with the right equipment. Did you see the announcement though? They're not. we recording this on Thursday the 13th, by the way. So this yes. might all be different in three days. Tomorrow. Tomorrow it's <laughs> probably going to be different. Right? Uh, yeah, they said they're going to school on Monday. I think the kids everyone should be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, unpopular opinion. Sorry. Um I don't think I, that's unpopular. I just think that it's the way that they're doing it is
1: no totally. nobody can find an agreement on like what is safe and what's not safe.
0: Yeah, I think it I think it's safe. I think it's people need to go back. I think that this is we're going to see such a decrease in, um, in like, not to be a dick, but like intelligence and education, like people need to progress at a certain le- like point. And at this point, people that have been on Zoom school for two years, three years, like we're gonna start seeing um, the effects of that in a few years. We're gonna see that of effects of that in 20 years with our research. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, we're all like, yeah, we can't fall behind anymore. And I, I think that everyone needs to be back. And I think that we just need to make sure that it's done safely. Right, um, what I think from listening
1: to Stephen Liechi, the little friggin' loser that he is, like talk about it the other day. I do not think he's hot. He's not. He's such a. Oh, I can. I do. I'm sorry.
0: So I do. Dumb. <laughs> he's dumb. He's like a, He's. It's just hilarious to me that he's in charge of like trying public school and he went to private school. Like Ontario amazing- school. Ontario school. Sorry, I just do yeah, no, he's in and he's he never went to he went to private school there's something hilarious about that um yeah but I think anyone that's like a bad dude is like attractive so that <laughs> makes sense oh my god
1: <laughs> uh, you know I've been in like a deep Twitter spiral the last few days it's this like on' a, just like mostly unemployed thing it does not suit me well um and this is the thing, this is like the biggest thing for me that I just like, can't grab my wrap my head around. And it's like, what I also can't wrap my head around in, an, like when you work somewhere is that you won't be notified if you were in contact with someone who is positive, which to me is crazy. And I think not, and I, I've heard like businesses say that they do it so they can't be blamed for exposure, like whatever that's, that's between you and some sort of God that you believe in. But I think that the more knowledge is power. And if, You think that me not knowing is good for me? You have no idea what my life is outside of this. If I'm a caretaker, or if I have like, if I live with someone who's immunocompromised, if I, you know, if there's things that I have to do that could potentially be damaging to someone else in my life, and I think not telling them is real, like assuming that they don't need to know because you think what's best for that family or for that person is like sociopathic. If I'm using that word correctly, I I think it's
0: crazy. And like, yeah, I mean, it brings up an interesting discussion surrounding personal responsibility and putting responsibility on someone else. I mean, should we all just be and maybe using resources for not like we're already lacking resources? If that's a thing that happens, do we have the resources to let everybody get tested and check for themselves every single time there's an exposure?
1: But we don't we
0: wouldn't be lacking in resources if our government had spent the last two years acquiring them. Yeah, but right? then that's a different situation. That's a, well, that's that's, uh, that's last year's problem. That's not the current situation. And that's not totally. necessarily the business, the personal, the onus on the business. That's the onus on the government again, right? So totally. there, there's like an interesting discussion surrounding your personal responsibility and track your symptoms. If you come into contact someone, be safe, um, live your life. But also like, if you are a caretaker that maybe you need to take on the onus of like, maybe I shouldn't necessarily be going to group settings or going to group parties or going to work events. But it's not necessarily going to parties or going to work events. It's just like going going to work work or going
1: to school, which they're like, schools are open. Like, especially if we think about it in like, as like people that have to go to work in the sense of they don't have the luxury of working from home, they Mm -hmm. don't have paid sick days or they've used them all up already, or you know what I mean? They have to go to work. So yeah. they're like, oh yeah, schools are open. My kids have to go to school. Oh, they're but no one's telling me my kid's getting sick or in contact with someone sick. They bring it home. And then that person brings it to work. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? There's all of these like ramifications of every choice. Yeah. Of every Where, choice. And, yeah. I just, and I just think that you sh- should be told. That's all. And then that yeah. person with that knowledge can make the choice that is right for them. But if they never have the knowledge or the information, then the community, like, like, what can we do? You mm-hmm. can't do anything. And I think all mm-hmm. of the recent, um, I'm going on a tangent here, wow. I think all of the recent measures that have been in put in place by the Ford government, because they're doing it like very last minute, are all to make it, to take the onus off themselves and put it back into the community. Like, this is why the schools are opening without anything because the minister of education is putting the onus on the school departments or on the school boards. You make your own choices, right? So then they can't blame anybody else, you know? And it's all about putting, and this is, I think it's all like ramping up because it's election season, right? Mm-hmm. We did as much as we could. The school boards failed you. You know what I mean? It's like all of that right. psyche. Blame your fellow community members. Don't blame us. It's all mm-hmm. of that, like,
0: Ugh. Ugh. yeah. I don't disagree that the government has done a terrible job. I, I want to be clear about that. I, yes. I where <laughs> my disagreement is, is that, um, when I see how it's being transmitted and I see people that have gotten it and come into contact versus people that are getting it constantly, it doesn't add up. So like I, where I understand is that if you come into contact, it, it is not confirmed. Like there is the chances of you actually getting it. You have no, we, nobody knows how it's how, like, if you come into high risk contact, it, you could not get it. Right. Look at Danica, yeah. look at like, she's been in high risk contacts four or five times now lived yeah within that. And she's never gotten it. So there is almost like a sense of like every time. So how many emails are you going to get every single day? This kid has it. This kid has it. This kid has it. This kid has it. Cool. At what point does that email just become common knowledge? You should be acting kind of like every day that you are walking down the street or going to a grocery store with somebody that has come into high-risk contact. So that's where my hesitation is with it. And sometimes I think sending the email or notifying people becomes a little bit of like, it becomes more of like creating scare
2: Hmm.
0: scares. And creating fear. And I, I don't know how I feel about that because I think at make your personal decisions, check your symptoms. Right. I think that we should have access to in 95s I think we should have access to rapid tests. I think we should be opening right. up PCR tests. We should have more nurses. We should be giving healthcare benefits to people that are working overtime to make us safe. Right. But I also we don't I, have those things. I don't disagree with the fact that, I don't know. I kind of also, I don't know, I understand a little bit where, why we're saying we're not going to let people know when they've come into contact either, because it is at some point also like people will sue, people will a hundred percent sue businesses. And that's going to be more of like an economical disaster. I think like people are going to, businesses are going to lose money because how many people are going to sue them? Right. If they come into contact. So I don't know. I kind of also get it. (laughs) I mean, I, I, we should have access to all those things you just listed. And I think that is the the problem,
1: right? Yes. If we contact traced everybody, everybody would want to get tested. And we said, no, you can't get tested. So what's the point of letting people know, yeah. you know, even though I think everybody should be letting you know. And I don't, it's very complicated, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I you think that you, need all of those I, yeah. mitigation layers in place to mm-hmm. make places as safe as possible. And as mm-hmm. from what I was listening to the announcement the other day, that the schools are not doing that. You know, like they're giving teachers two N95s, not a fresh one every day, like you should be wearing. Mm -hmm. Students are getting like one or they're getting two rapid tests. That's it at at the top of the year. They're not getting two a week. They're getting two, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, it's like these half-assed measures that just don't make sense. And
0: it's just- Yeah. And it's It's also like crazy. (laughs) My sister like is living in Amsterdam and like the healthcare system is obviously just like better there. (laughs) they can just like go to a store and buy a rapid test for 12 euros. Everybody has access to that, you know? And and just like those measures aren't possible, (laughs) you know? Like it's like finding gold if you get like a rapid test or an N95. Yeah, I brought boxes back from Alberta because my mom just had access to them, you Mm -hmm.
1: know? Yeah, and uh, and my roommate the other day was like, oh my gosh, where did you buy those ones before the holidays? Because my friend needs them and we can't find them anywhere. I like walked downstairs with a box and was like, here you go. Like, yeah, yeah. It. You need this. Like, mm-hmm. take this to your friend. You know, she's like, "Oh, there's totally. one test." And I was like, "No, there's five in there. Have them all." <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. be safe. I hope this helps your friend feel better.
0: Pass it along. Yeah. <laughs> like, Pass the love. Yeah. No one love. else is
1: taking care of us. We got to take care of each other.
0: No, exactly. I mean, we luckily, like I said, I have access. Me and you have been both lucky to have people in our lives who we have access to rapid tests, but yeah. Uh, it, yeah. And it's come in handy this week specifically, <laughs> you Man. know? Yeah. I don't know. Do what's best for you. Yeah. Make good choices. Remember check the- your symptoms, check your fever every day. Like that's what I'm doing. It's become part of my morning routine. <laughs> check your, check your temp. I check my temperature every morning. That's great. 38 degrees. If you're above
1: that. <laughs> and also remember to like, uh, I think it's important to remember that everybody's situations in life experiences they're coming at this with a different bias and Mm -hmm. they're coming at it with like their own their own fears and their own anxieties and to embrace people with compassion and empathy right now because it's fucking crazy and nobody knows what they're doing and everybody's yeah stressed you know so do what you got to do yeah wear your fucking mask
0: do what you can to keep the people that need to be kept safe safe yeah and uh take care of yourself Totally. On that note, <laughs>
1: let's get to today's wonderful guest, Jacob McInnes. Woo! Oh my gosh. This was, we did this right before the holidays. Um, yeah, it was a good,
0: it was a good end of 2021 interview. I agree.
1: It was a great end of 2021 interview. They're amazing. Um, They're such a lovely, positive, bright voice that we got to talk to you right before the holidays. And they marked the uh, start of our virtual recording again. Burr, 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 burr.
0: Yeah, so we are virtual now. So if you hear a sound difference, that's why we oui. we're trying our best. We're doing it. Hopefully, come February, we will be back. Yeah, in person. In my apartment. Maybe in the I'll apartment. Sh-
1: show off OJ, more Salem. Make them make them little co-hosts on the couch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Treat beautiful,
0: <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, let's get going. Here we go.
2: Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Jacob McInnes. I am a Toronto based artist and performer. Uh, and I'm non-binary. My pronouns are they that.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, this interview that we're doing now, Jacob, is our it's December 2021. Right. Are you sure <sighs> about the year? I don't know what <laughs> <Yeah>. year.
2: <laughs> Seriously. What a time warp.
0: And, yeah. and you were right, though. You were saying that like, you're like two years have been stolen from us. And mm-hmm. it's it's very true. I feel like there's going to be a huge gap of people that are like, I mean, every age, but there's going to be like people are going to be like delayed two years for the rest of their lives. Like, we're just going to be like, like everybody that went into the pandemic at like 21 is going to be 21 for like
2: three more years. Oh <laughs> you know, you know what? My heart breaks, especially for that kind of generation mm. of, of 20 yeah. somethings who are just getting out of school and like are gonna go party in the neighborhood, go dancing and clubbing and it's like nope sorry <laughs> Netflix I mean yeah. it's probably for the best I had my crazy 20s so oh
1: no everybody needs that
2: I know I know <laughs> I feel so bad yeah um, I heard somewhere um I think on TikTok because I'm obsessed with TikTok um, <laughs> that we should just go like it's twenty twenty two 2.0 and then kind of restart because yeah. twenty twenty one just that's doesn't that's, count. Not right.
0: It feels yeah. like a gap year. Like it feels yeah. like it. It was a year for everyone to just like be like, "Are we okay? Mm-hmm. You know, like are, is everything okay?" And it and it wasn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. It's fine. Oh it's
0: man. Fine. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I guess in the next couple of weeks with everything, but
2: oh, fingers crossed.
0: I know, I know. I yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, you're in London right now.
2: I sure am. London, Ontario.
0: How mm. long have you been there for? How long have you been in that hotel living?
2: Oh my gosh! Uh, I think <laughs> I've been here since November eighth. What? Uh, is when we started rehearsals uh, oh, for two and a half weeks and then went into tech. And then we opened, um, I think, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, something like that. What show uh, are we
0: working on again? Sorry, right now?
2: It's a little uh, holiday show at the Grand Theater. Uh, it's called Home for the Holidays. And uh, it has <laughs> like 25 songs, just uh, an ensemble of eight actors. And we're kind of just on stage the whole time sweating it out doing choreo and
0: (laughs) wow how much longer do you have left there
2: we okay so we finish christmas eve uh during during the day and then i'll be with my family on christmas morning which is nice
0: oh that is nice actually that you don't have to do a show on christmas
2: day yeah well we were supposed to we were thinking maybe that we would go till uh new year's eve Mm -hmm. but uh, they i mean you know people are being safe people are staying inside like i know london schools are shutting down too um because of yeah. this new whatever variant um so i think people are just playing it safe and i think the theater kind of took that cue and uh just said you know what let's call it on christmas uh christmas eve and i'm very very happy <laughs>
0: yeah were they Yay. noticing like a severe decrease in sales on those days for tickets is that why yeah,
2: i'm not sure about sales but definitely the houses are far less full than they normally would be right. i mean jump to all of a sudden be away from everyone and then it's 100 percent capacity in a theater right. um, like not even spaced out or anything so it's it's interesting to see people like adjusting to that yeah um, uh, like yeah. they've removed the first two rows, so that us like hoofing it and spitting, <laughs> where like doesn't get on the first couple rows. Yeah, zone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, That
0: actually makes me laugh when I see when they had. I think they still have them up like a couple places. They had them up in like in the village. The like the the plexiglasses, yeah. and I was like, I always felt so bad for the queens because like obviously like such a large part of that culture is like just roaming like the rows Mm -hmm. and they felt like, I like just know that like my friend um, Thomas slash Molly Amorous would like, (laughs) like be like trying to like leave the plexiglass, maybe like get back and he'd be like, okay, he would like, you know, and he'd still have his thing on. And anyway, it was, and it's just like such interesting. I really hope that they don't bring, I mean, I'm sure they will bring that plexiglass black as like a safety measure to keep everything going but it is it's such a disconnect i find yeah
2: plexi's i was just in a production it's like a co-production soul pepper and um bad hats theater alice in wonderland
1: yeah oh Um, oh, with fiona yeah
2: Yeah, with fiona and richard yes and we joked that that was Alice through the plexiglass. <laughs> we had, cause the COVID, that was when things were really strict. There was no vaccine. Yeah. We had to be temperature checks like all the time and mm-hmm. like very separate dressing rooms, all that. So we were lucky enough to film this thing. Cause film was still, film has never died throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing. But yes, they've just yeah. been very cautious as you both obviously know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so <laughs> I don't know, it's so arbitrary, but for singing, you weren't allowed to sing with someone unless you were behind a plexiglass. So they devised these rolly plexiglasses <laughs> and like made them part of the story. So we would like create hallways. We would like yes. make things bigger and smaller. Thanks. And So interesting. But it, it was this, like, especially when we were in masks and the plexiglass and they had this like, before they took it off, obviously, cause our grubby fingerprints would get all over it. But they had this like frosted, panel (laughs) so it was like we were at work together but we were not at work together it was so so, strange yeah it's such a
0: disconnect
2: yeah Yeah. and and in such a connected art form
0: Mm -hmm. totally did you guys still have to sing with the masks on is Mm -hmm. that what you're saying Mm -hmm. just for rehearsals though right and then you took them out
1: for rehearsals.
2: And then we got like real t- like COVID tests. And so all, only the people performing could wear, uh, or could be maskless, but the second we're done rehearsing, mask back on second, yeah. we're off the stage mask back on. So yeah. Yeah.
0: How like was so that? Funny. Like that must've been an adjustment for your, like, were you singing much in that show?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Lot. So you mm-hmm. like, were? how was that an adjustment for your, like your vocals and like adjusting like your diaphragm and stuff
2: mm-hmm. well so before they had kind of figured out singing masks actually do I have one right yes I do so it's like this it kind of makes you look like a duck there's like extra oh. space in it
0: Between because your mouth. Before,
2: that's right between the yeah. mouth and the mask um and uh like before that, you'd go to do like this yeah. huge note and then mask would suck into your mouth. <laughs> and we're doing choreography. Like, and like I'm a big girl. Like I'm like a fierce mama. Like do, like dancing and doing all that with a mask on. Like that was like some weird survivor challenge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that feels very like squid gamey.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like fear factor meets squid game. Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> That's awful man oh
2: but we got to do the art so that's I mean
0: that's true that's Mm -hmm. true did you have you noticed that you have been taking because of like the lack of contracts or lack of live performing arts I guess in Canada right now or slash the world (laughs) um have you found that you've been taking contracts that you wouldn't normally take
2: yeah actually I mean, I, it was my first time on a television set, um, ever. Uh, and I, I don't think I would have done that if we weren't uh, in lockdown. I was in an episode of private eyes. I played like writer one and had like three lines and Ooh. it was such a great way to, to kind of start because one thing they don't tell you is that everyone just expects that, you know what you're doing. Yeah, And so I was <laughs> like, but what do i say and like when do i go you kind of just have to like i had very generous actors around me so they kind of were like oh, i've done this a million times you just do this and that but um wow i was really thrown into the deep end so yeah. it, it turned out great it was really great um but uh, yeah that's an example of something i mean i'll be honest i was luckier than most um i've been pretty busy throughout um I started teaching at Sheridan College, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, acting tutorials. So Zoom has, the Zoom culture, I mean, as like annoying as it is, has really offered a lot of opportunities that I never would have had. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm grateful and and uh, lucky.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like that layer of accessibility, right? Within yeah. Zoom and internet, it can bring in people from anywhere.
2: Oh my and God. Then- uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, as an example of that um I so I made my Stratford Festival debut uh this past mm-hmm. summer
1: Ooh, Congrats! and
2: uh thank you thanks it was heat, like so like, <laughs> a total life check but it took a pandemic to happen like right. I don't know it's this bizarre reality but but back to like Corinne you were saying how it like kind of levels the playing field a bit Um, it was beautiful our first couple days were on Zoom Mm -hmm. so whereas usually in first day of rehearsal especially if you're a new person you get into the room you don't really know what the building looks like there's already an established dynamic of friends Mm -hmm. so they'll kind of hurdle together and you're kind of like but on Zoom your pronouns are there your names are there the artistic director is like cross-legged in his home (laughs) like we are all human beings we are all artists and I'm a visual learner, and I see like uh, like letters and stuff, and I'll remember someone's name far better if I can see their name.
0: Uh So I
2: just think, and for neurodivergent people, it's so much better. It's a way to like ease people in. So I think like great practice would be like first day rehearsal on Zoom.
0: Yeah, interesting. It takes
1: that click the clickiness away if you're new to cast, like you were saying, and it's. I don't know. There's something nice about like being in your sweats the first time? Oh yeah. Like I'm currently,
2: currently. In the most bummy shorts ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's wearing pants basically from like the belly button down. No! No. And
2: why should you?
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, it is true. I, I started doing like, um, acting classes at a, a studio when I was during the pandemic and it was like with a, group of like, you know, 16 people in the first one. But you're right. It took away that like a awkwardness to just like walk into an acting class and not know what because I like didn't really know. Like I don't I'm not trained as like an actor or I'm trained as a dancer. And um I like two of like my very good friends are from with the first like 25 times we met were on Zoom and then like in Zoom like single meetings, just like the three of us, which is such a weird when we finally saw each other in person after like four months, we were like, oh my, are this is you what a, you look like.
2: Are you a celebrity? Like, I swear it's like <laughs> meeting a celebrity. It's so crazy. I'm like, I've seen you before. Yeah, <laughs> wow. and you're like,
0: can I touch you? Like, yeah, oh my
2: God, you're so much shorter in person.
0: <laughs> yes, tight is like a huge thing that you can't tell on Zoom, like, at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. There is like a, there are these like very positive aspects in terms of like group culture that happened on Zoom, because nobody can like be like to like the the screen next to them. I mean,
2: there's like self, so of course, the like, right. like, oh my God, this meeting.
0: Yes, <laughs> but of course.
2: Street, you turn your video off. And
0: yes. <laughs> we all know what's happening when that video gets turned off. Either right. someone's like slamming food in their face or. The <laughs> knows. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's so funny how has um how has the adjustment been to being away like in cuz obviously during the pandemic you were were you by yourself mostly or were you with
2: people and friends well at the beginning uh at the beginning i kind of went right home to my immediate family um mm-hmm. uh so there's four of them i have two sisters and my mom and my dad um so I, I went there because we didn't really know what this was. And I'm, I'm like, mommy, like, <laughs> I'm such a little suck. I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a businesswoman special. I am in Toronto. I got my shit. And I'm like, mom, please, I'm coming home. Yeah. So, so I went home. <laughs> I spent like, like months there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started going a little nutty. Um, actually, you know what happened? I was sleeping on a mattress in the front living room. Of our house. And I stopped one day and I was like, oh God, I'm used to this now. I don't have a door. I don't have my own space. And I am used to this. I need oh. to leave. So I um I went back to Toronto with my lovely roommate. And I really uh, I'm I'm a social person, but I really like my alone time. Mm. And I really like, you know, like schlubbing on the couch and like walk, like just like consuming media like love podcasts, love YouTube. I love mm. like Netflix, HBO, like all that stuff. Like I could do it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually have to force myself to connect with people.
0: Mm. Um,
2: so it's been a trip coming here to London now. And it's like, oh, you're okay. So we're back and like, we're away for work. Um, but but the nice thing is like being reminded of the camaraderie that you can have with a cast. Um, which is so special and like really hard to replicate if you don't have that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's been kind of this lovely aspect of that.
0: Mm. Yeah, totally. I don't think that's there. Yeah. There's like a camaraderie within artists that I find when they're all collectively working on a project and like so invested in it that um, I don't think is like Rep, like can you can replicate with like mm-hmm. um normal jobs I mean maybe I don't know I guess maybe not maybe I've never been on like a lawyer team that's working on a case together I'm sure that's like very similar <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> I think it's,
2: I think it's like different when you're like sweating with someone and like sharing your like heart and yes because it really we put so much of ourselves we we like are the product mm-hmm. and yep. we are our business so well, that was actually a huge, like existential crisis with this whole. Fucking-
1: for a lot of people. Yeah.
2: Right. Because yeah. what happens when what you do is who you are, but you're not allowed to do that anymore.
1: Yeah. I have not. It makes me think that I've not placed boundaries in my life.
2: <laughs> but that's exactly right. And so there was this massive journey into, I I just will not stand for bullshit anymore. Totally. And- but bullshit as it pertains to me and, and you know, what's comfortable for me. And uh, I, I'm very good at saying, okay, that's it. I've reached my maximum capacity. And I think, I think fingers crossed, we're kind of heading that way in the arts. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, uh, you have mono. Well, you don't have an understudy. So it's like, <laughs> no, if you're unwell, stay home. Yes. Oh yeah, my yeah. God, stay home. We're human before the artist. That's been like one of my mantras, like human before artist. Totally.
1: Totally. Mm -hmm. And allowing that space for someone else and for yourself. That's right. Because I think it's easier to preach it to your friends and to your colleagues to be like, why (laughs) why are you here? Like you're sick. And then when you get sick, you're like, gotta go.
2: Yeah. Because that's (laughs) our like trauma response is like, (laughs) you don't want to be difficult. Want to get hard. And now it's like, I I don't fear that anymore because we've had it all taken away. Totally, yeah. and we've I, had to cope without it,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I think about the idea of like what classifies difficult as like an artist a lot,
2: mm-hmm. and like mm. it's
0: extremely subjective, I think, because like, yeah, you don't want to be difficult, but then like we also all know when someone is all of a sudden being difficult does that make sense yeah mm-hmm. like I don't know how and uh, I don't think that there is like a way to be like this is what it is this is what it is black and white it's just like on a term-to-term basis on when someone's being difficult or, you know
2: right. yeah absolutely well and things like before that we'd be like oh that's like a weird behavior or like oh that's weird like when people would get emotional you'd go like mm. oh I don't want to do that but now especially because at least for me, like I've done a lot of learning about neurodivergence, about how people mask um, right. their, their neurodivergence and now it's like there's space for people to bring in like their fidget toys if they're like if they need to stim and sit the way they need to sit, go to the bathroom. Right. If you need to go to the bathroom. like
1: right. Yeah, this,
2: this idea of going back to like human before the artist and there is space for people to fidget, to talk when they need to say something um no no fear of like this man that everyone talks about like the man Mm. it's like um let's like take back the space Mm. and make it a collaborative art which is what it is right Um,
0: totally yeah Yeah. can you just explain because you've you've just used um neurodivergent I think a couple times can you explain Mm -hmm. what that is just in case yeah
2: well neurotypical people it's so so I mean it could be anything it could be like um you know uh, ADHD. It could be like, um, on the spectrum of, um, autism, like anything that, cause there are neuro neurotypical people who don't, um, suffer with any of those, um, or live with any of those. And then neurodivergence, just people who experience many different kinds of, you know, um, neurological, I don't know, differences and okay. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert. Don't quote me. No, but.
0: that's okay. I just wanted to make sure I knew what it was. And also, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: I'm from the school of TikTok, So like
0: <laughs>
2: literally
1: all I was thinking about, I was like, how many TikToks have I seen this week that have ADHD? In the- yeah, <laughs> and is that trying yeah, to tell but, me
2: something, <laughs> but it's like, Oh my God, like f- suddenly this whole group of people, like people I know who I'm like, Oh, I get you now because you're not ashamed of sharing that you have ADHD or OCD, you know, or, or you're bipolar. And I I go, it's not the stigma. Like I suffer with anxiety and depression and I'm Mm. very open about that. But my mother is also open about that. And my sisters are open. Mm. So I've learned that, but so many people don't feel comfortable. And now there's this kind of like shift towards, I don't know, kindness, I guess. Mm. Um, Yeah. Compassion. Compassion. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Also, there almost is like a removal of hierarchy in yeah. organizations of of arts now, right? Like in terms of theaters. I mean, there are still some that run like director, associate director, but if you think about um like these companies like soul pepper that are people that we've talked to from there. It feels like the new generation that has come in and taken on these associate director roles or artistic director roles. It seems every time we speak to them, it seems like it's more of a team than it is mm-hmm. one person running the show, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that, is exactly what you were just talking about in the sense that it's like take back the space like this is all of us together creating this thing right it's not just one person say go there act this way do this thing that way because it's never been that it's always been coming from this right so mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. this idea of like hierarchy in a theater system is really like quite archaic when you think about it you know like it's very much more like libertarian <laughs> um like almost you know, I would say in like a theater right now in these new age where just collectively people are working together to get the best possible product you know
2: yeah yeah totally. absolutely it, I mean and for so long like you know pe- actors do bring forth their ideas and and their experiences and oh what if I try it like that like it it's so collaborative yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I like kind of the direction it's going. Mm.
1: Yeah, I also like wonder, just like listening to you say that about non-hierarchical systems taking more agency now, makes me think that like people's like trauma and like terrible experiences in theater and performing arts specifically comes from trying to force a hierarchy on an art form that doesn't benefit from one.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just
1: like, hmm because someone's trying to like control your voice or control your body or not let you make choices. Like you have no agency in those kind of situations or not as much agency as you would like.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I think there's also this element of, um, something I try to impart on my students and, and like, don't, don't adjust yourself for an audition Just show them who you are.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I think that's my big, true not trick but like my big kind of audition thing if I go in and I just give them Jacob and they they're like not what we're looking for I can leave with my head held high because I said this is the artist I am this is mm. I would you know I'd love to work with you we'd have a great time and you know maybe it's just like yep yeah, it doesn't fit in the whatever and mm. but you you're not leaving like oh shit like I didn't pick the wrong song because
1: right you know because
2: I, I people adjust I think they're, they're material to like the, the flavor of the show and they're learning new songs. And I'm like, just do what you do best. And if they want to see more, they'll ask for more, totally. but, but it's, uh, it's not being ashamed of just being yourself. Um, cause there used to be this kind of cookie cutter, you know, I come from Sheridan and Sheridan really teaches people to be great auditioners. Um, but it's almost like this army of like, walk around the piano this way so your butt isn't <laughs> facing them don't shake their hands like very like everyone walking in with like their same like character shoes their same like fine anyway yeah. great education but but really it's like I think there's space for um individuality
0: um yeah
2: totally and yeah and just like being comfortable with who you are yeah
0: yeah don't shake their hand is like a hilarious one that is like <laughs> Feel Like everyone is told in everything, like never shake and that. Was free, that pre-COVID? was free. No, I'm like, that God, was like, know.
2: I'm like oh, queen so of England, all right, Just, yeah, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, sounds good, <laughs> yeah, you will bow,
1: a little curtsy,
2: <laughs> you will three quarters curtsy, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I don't understand. Like, I also like wonder about if these are like urban. Like, like legends or these are just like myths or like did one person shake a hand one time and like <sighs> not meet the audition person? <laughs> I like don't know where things come from you know
1: I don't know also I just like think like shaking someone's hand would be I don't know memorable and also like polite you know oh so nice to meet you I
0: don't know mm. I mean but Maybe where not- I mean but where's the line on that? Like, I am a person that, like, if we're talking about authenticity in addition <laughs> to be yourself, I, like, I'm a straight up hugger. Like, I don't shake people's <laughs> hands. I'm like, how are, and like, when does that become inappropriate <laughs> with, like, casting directors, you know? <laughs> so I don't totally. know. Oh my gosh. Um, how have you, because you left Sheridan, like, you went to school there, and now you're <laughs> back. How... <laughs> What were you called back? Did someone asked you to come back and how have you enjoyed that experience so far?
2: Yeah, so, um, so I was out of Sheridan in 2012. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I had a teacher there who was kind of just starting. Um, lovely, lovely uh, uh, pr- uh, person. And um, he he now is the head of acting or i guess they're they're trying to do a non hierarchical thing mm. um uh, uh but they have kind of like representatives at the top of each mm. program so so uh he's head of acting anyway he contacted me um and just said is would teaching acting tutorials um be of interest to you and i kind of said Well oh god who am i like even just the word teachers kind of trippy to me I think like I'm totally. more, like, a mentor but I thought okay they're all going through a really rough time right now and I know how like horrible theater school can be um and how like damaging and maybe I can impart like a bit of like wisdom or like I don't know calm calm their their hearts uh, or maybe give them knowledge that I wish that I had had yeah. And then it's just been um, really phenomenal. They're they're all, um, I I got really lucky with, I mean, they're all fantastic, but I got very lucky with the people I teach. Um, I think because I am um, non-binary, we kind of put up our bios and kind of give them a flavor of who we are and then they get to choose us so I have a lot of gender queer um students a lot of they thems in our in our zoom names um so even putting into practice the language of of using someone's proper pronouns has been really beautiful um telling my students like yo if you're like a signed male at birth and you want to rock a lady Macbeth speech like you freaking do that Mm -hmm. because we're just telling stories like Mm -hmm. it's just play so totally just do do literally anything that sings to you Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been really really beautiful and to watch them soar i just know a lot of people get cast aside like you know a program will generally pick it's like like five people that they put all of their like stock in and then everyone else gets kind of like blown to the sides oh yes so that's so, such a good
0: point yeah yeah you know
2: so I had a bunch of students who were like literal stars but they weren't getting that like backing from the school because you know because of whatever
0: yeah
2: yeah favoritism
1: the nepotism yeah, yeah yeah all that
2: all, all that that happens everywhere yes so uh, getting to see them take ownership and 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 soar beyond and like see them get agents before people like because because not because, but I, I really made a point of being like, you are a star. This is just three years, four years of your life. Like this, it doesn't dictate who you are. As a person, as an artist, you will develop, you will grow. I was like my my best friend. Um, she she didn't work for like six years, really, out of out of school. And then all of a sudden gets signed to an agency, books, kinky boots in Toronto. And then, you know, she's, so you just never know.
0: Yeah, yes. But
2: but I have a special soft spot for, I I was one of the people that they invested in in my year. So Mm -hmm. I had a very, not an easy time, it was still rough, but I had an easier time than uh, many. Um, So anyway, I I just wanna wanna make sure that they have their own voices and and, uh, realize that they're stars. Mm -hmm. Totally, Mm -hmm.
1: it's also nice to hear you say that you were one of those people that like was invested in by instructors and that you recognize that Mm
2: -hmm. and that you
1: saw that uh, what was happening to other people in your cohort Mm -hmm. and that their experiences were very different because of the treatment that they were getting from people that were supposed to give them that boost that you're now giving students.
2: Mm -hmm. That's right. And it's it's very naive um, and almost like um, violent to just pretend that everything's fine when it's like not for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: So so yeah, just being like attuned to those struggles and those realities is like a huge thing that um yeah, yeah, that I'm hoping more people kind of get privy to.
1: Totally. What are like some um actual like physical things that you do in your tutorials to kind of combat that? if they, if your students experience that from other instructors?
2: In my kind of tutorial room, I always say it's your time, it's your money. Mm -hmm. Like we can do whatever you want. Um, And I make it very clear, you know, mental health is like of the utmost and I know how school can be. So a lot of the time it's like decompressing and um, uh, speaking very candidly about our experiences and just, you know not that you have to be anyone's friend because there's obviously still like this level of like I'm an instructor you're a student yes but but just as uh I always I maintain that my tutorial room is a safe space um and a lot of really beautiful work can come from that so I have students who are like exquisite writers like I like think about the plays they've written and we've read them together and I've helped dramaturge. like we've it's, um, it's incredible. Anyway, the the stuff that can happen when they are not afraid of like, you're not off book for this monologue, or like, we're going to do your monologue today. It's like, we'll know what's helpful for you. Because um, I in my acting tutorials, like, we would have teachers who would literally be like, why isn't this off book? And I'm like, I thought we were. Um, and then <laughs> they would like scream at me if I didn't have like, if I didn't take a rest of a comma, and so all of a sudden I'm just like memorizing for memorizing sake mm. and not like in a rehearsal space yeah. where you would work with your script and like- and play. Like, ooh, oh, that's a beat. Ooh, that's a, oh, what, yeah. is, what do you mean by this? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's, it's like this culture of fear that I'm like, ew, enough, jeez.
1: Totally. Mm, such an interesting way to put it.
0: Do you find yeah. that the students are more um, independent in terms of their work though? Or do, does anyone take advantage of it at all? Because of Um, of
2: that. No, I think, I think, you know, uh, I I mean, I can read things pretty clearly. And so can Mm -hmm. they, you know, if they're, if they're not feeling it, I I just go, okay, would it help you to just have some alone time?
0: Yeah.
2: So, you know, they can sign off like uh, there's, yeah, like I, 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 the, I've been very lucky with my students. I, I don't feel like I've ever, my kindness has ever been taken advantage of, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think I said very clearly, like you can communicate to me if you're not feeling okay. And then you can just like ditch, like, I don't, yeah. you know, it's the, the, I just hate the pressure. Although, yeah.
0: And, and I mean, like the not, that's so funny that you bring that up because I have used that with like 11 and 12 year olds in the past month. I was like, are you not feeling it today? And that's totally fine. You mm-hmm. don't have to feel it every day, but like just make a mental note. And then when you come in again in the next couple of days, let's try and. Fix it, you know but like Mm -hmm. not feeling it is is such a good I mean I remember being like in class and just being like I don't want to fucking be here today like this is the (laughs) last place (laughs) I'd want to be you know yeah and that's fine like we're all people like we all have days where we're like this is a checkout (laughs) you know or like I am not on book or I'm not whatever it is but um, I think it's also important to like note when you're not feeling it. And so like when you come the next time, be like you're almost like extra amped. You're like, okay, I really need to be like on it today, kind of you mm-hmm. know
2: well yeah. and you see that too. You yeah. give you uh, I've seen it really uh, you give people a little bit of time to mm-hmm. you know to mend and then they're like it's like a new person the next time. And you mm-hmm. know if it becomes a pattern then we go okay what's going on right. here? Let's let's exactly. talk totally right. Yeah, yeah. And so and so and then you you see them go I know I'm just in a rut. And then, and then talking about it eases it. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, eventually we all, we arrive to do work, which is great. But yes. I, just, I just don't rush it. Like I don't pressure it. No,
1: that like also that work that comes out of that pressure or that fear culture isn't work that you want.
2: Yeah. Or is yeah. like
1: a oh, working relationship you should cultivate or anybody should cultivate, right?
2: Yeah. Accessing trauma, like that's a huge actually listening to the episode with Richard Lamb that you guys did. Um like this this like lie that we have to access trauma to do better work is just ugh. like, ugh. <sighs> it's gross. so unsafe Ugh. it's so so guys gross. we're pretending sorry i have a bad habit of saying guys i try to say folks oh, no. anyway just to disclaim
0: i say the same don't worry i'm the same <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I this actually- trope that i hear in comedians all the
1: time they're like oh you're only a good comic if you come from like a bad past so that you can be funny because you've always learned to be funny instead instead of dealing with your trauma and i'm like i don't think also that's like gross can we stop saying that and like
2: yeah and it's so uncomfortable watching someone who's clearly got a chip on their shoulder and like their comedy or their whatever comes from like a rage or something like like you can just sense that it's not safe
1: yeah um them hurting themselves over and over again
2: that's exactly right yeah and it's uncomfortable to watch and you can I can clue into that so quick and and it's yeah like so I have like (laughs) this memory from from school that just came to me but it's it's a perfect example of this like really the trauma of of arts schools and and how it really used to be and how it still is in many cases but there was uh, a class called cry class Uh and so there were two, um, volunteers from the class and they, there were two chairs and it was, uh, a, a AFAB and AMAB. So a guy and a girl, um, and they were your parents. And so the expectation was that you would go sit in the third seat and look at them and tell them something that you've never told them. Oh. No. <laughs> so for the next hour and a half, People shared things that I wish I didn't know.
1: Oh my God.
2: And mm-hmm. I shared things that I wish I didn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then do you know what happened? At the people,
1: try, l- people try to one-up each other so that it just gets worse and worse.
2: Well, I mean, like whether that's the case or, or just, or not, or just oh. people feel compelled to share. Um, the teacher at the end of the class came up to us kind of with like this shit eating grin and was like, now was that acting and like totally uh, gaslit being like well I don't know you were all performing like someone had like just talked about their assault and was like still like grieving in the corner and we're told that like we're all just putting on an act (laughs) I was like I think I filed that away uh, because it was so manipulative and like honestly evil
1: that's gross that's yeah so and, and gross. there's like another
2: class but like I don't even want to get into that because I swear like down the road it could like be investigated but yeah it's just an example of like the, <sighs> that the c- culture I came from and that was actually a more a gentler culture than it had been right um yeah so
0: Oh my um, god. <laughs> they... I'm
2: very much a big part of my work as a as an instructor as a teacher as whatever is to avoid bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. That's so disgusting. Yeah. It's yeah, gross. it's disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. Uh... That's also
0: like how they I mean like off topic that's not <laughs> off topic but like that's for like non acting jobs like one spin like spin co which is like a huge spin studio in the city that's part of their spin instructor training is they do that exact thing. But they like make you go around and tell trauma. Like,
2: and then they like what? want
0: everyone to cry. And I'm like, why is that a thing?
2: That's think, cult. You're in a cult. They think
0: it's going to bond you. That's yes, what it exactly. is. They
1: think like, it's going to make you closer yeah. and it's going to make you invested in what's that space. Good, yeah, yeah. Cool,
0: yeah. But, <laughs> but it makes everyone uncomfortable.
2: Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. God. that's a cult, Maury. That is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> it's like lululemon like that like i have friends who worked for lululemon landmark like, Le- like create horcruxes and like rip your soul <laughs> like into seven and like
0: oh my god. just like in a pair of aligns, just yeah. just to afford a pair of a line pants yeah
2: that's like the seaweed wicking is actually just people's souls <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god that's why they don't rip yeah yeah, Ugh. but there, you know what, there is this, like, why is trauma b- bonding such a huge part of art institutions? Yeah. Why?
1: why it- also, like, we think I think, like, it, in the characteristics of, like, also relationships, so they're, like, the trauma bonding that they're trying to do is to get you to think that the, that relationship is more than what it is, right, because, right? like, also, like, narcissists trauma bond with you. Or they oh. love on you. You know, like yeah. these are all mm-hmm. manipulative characteristics to make you be more invested than you actually should be in that moment. Because if you're not as invested, then you have boundaries. They're mm-hmm. trying to like pull all those boundaries away and they're that's trying right? to like, this is more important mm-hmm. than you think.
2: Yeah, we're a family. You have to do it for each other. It's yes. like, stay um, extra six hours. Like, yeah. that's this whole tightrope, right? Of being yeah. an artist and being a human. Yeah. Like, I, that's I still see it now you're exactly right narcissists will like huddle up and like get everyone in a circle and be like and get all like emotional and it's just like oh my god we are here like yes what we do so beautiful we access people's hearts we feel for people when they aren't able to we we cry we scream when people can't scream like it's a big undertaking like it, Mm. it really is we we serve as these um even just like sweet little Seussical, like there's, there's great beauty in it and there's a great sacrifice that we all make. And um, we're there to do a job. Mm-hmm. And I think if we do it, uh, if, if we're very, very clear that we are here to do a job, it's way healthier. Yes. There's, mm-hmm. we, you're exactly right. Like we have autonomy mm-hmm. and, and we have boundaries. And, but from that comes exquisite work. Mm -hmm. And I think people just haven't seen that yet because people have kept this generational, like institutionalized, like idea of this trauma bonding of like, well, we're, we're a family. It's like, no, we have our families. This is where, and I love my, I love my coworkers. Wonderful. We, like Mm -hmm. I was saying, we spit on each other. We freaking like sweat together. Like (laughs) someone farts in front of me while I'm lifting them and I'm like, it's okay. (laughs) You know, like, but because that that's enough to make yeah. what we do a little bit more special. We don't yes. need the extra like gild the lily. Like we do not we do not mm-hmm. need that. And it's actually more damaging. Yes. And then we resent it, and then we never want to work there. And it's like, oh, dude, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah,
1: mm, that resentment. Yes. <laughs> Lack of boundaries, which I think for like a long time, just like thinking about my own experiences, just like I no one would have told me that my resentment towards what I do is because I don't have any boundaries. You know, they're just like, mm-hmm. you don't love it enough. Mm-hmm. You're not mm-hmm. invested enough. This is not for you. If you can't just keep up.
2: That's right. You know, because and it's, it takes, 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 takes. Yes. And then all of a sudden your battery's fried and you have to stay plugged in the whole time. Oof. And then it's that you're just being abused.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, The thing that I was going to say is that, like, when the instructor was like, sorry, was like, was that acting? I was like, aren't we just all acting the entire time? Yeah. Like, my entire life is an act.
2: Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. The the intermodal.
1: And I put put on a mask because I have to be around people. Yes. That's
2: exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) Physically and metaphysically. Yeah. Mask up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Someone told me the other day that my entire livelihood is based off charming people. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, I guess that's everyone's. I mean, isn't that like every single person is just trying to do that? Charm someone? I'm going to sit behind your computer and like code, I guess yeah exactly <laughs> but that is such <laughs> but, these, a, but these charms these charming these skills that are charming or these skills that are like social c- are considered soft skills they're not hard skills
2: well right because we do yeah. it because of the patriarchy yeah but how ha- but shame on you if you dismiss but it's like okay so then what like am I charming or am I like am I a slut but like it's just like <laughs> oh my god these ideas of like having to be like charming like
0: yeah just be
2: yourself. That's why people get so pissed off when a woman's just like, I am i don't care to smile for you. I don't yeah. care to be like, mm-hmm. and like, put exclamation point. it's just like, and then all of a sudden it's like, what a bitch. It's like, um, no, that's just a person, Maury. Like, that's just a person existing. Yeah. Like we, the expectation is so bizarre. Like I, I see it coming down now and it's like so refreshing because it gives yeah. me permission to not be like, um, Yeah, totally. I go, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Oh
0: man. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. It is when, when people tell me to smile or like, tell me how I feel, I go, oh, I'm sorry. Are you like, and you, I will say almost always it's a man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, I always go, oh, I'm sorry. Are you a man telling me how to feel right now? Like I like literally (laughs) just like call it out. Like I don't like I'm not hiding. I'm not, I'm just going to be like, are you a man telling me to smile right now? Cause let's stop that immediately. Like, I just say it out loud because once they hear it out loud, they get embarrassed usually, you know? Yeah.
2: Well, you know what I found? You hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Like, a great tactic is to ask someone to be like, sorry, I didn't hear that. What did you say?
0: Yeah. Oh, all
2: of a sudden, they have to either change what they said, think about what they said, or double down yes yeah. i and love that it, with
1: jokes that aren't funny
2: exactly yeah. right like, oh sorry oh. i think i maybe misunderstood you can you repeat that
1: yeah and then they're like oh they
2: oh. the <laughs> squirming yeah and like also honoring silence before i became a teacher um i had one of my one of my dear dear acting tutorial teachers from when i was in school said mm-hmm. if i may i'd like to impart some wisdom Uh, to you and I said okay okay she said you don't have to be their friend and honor silence Mm -hmm. and as a person who talk 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 and fills in the gaps Mm -hmm. and has been taught to politely even if someone's saying something very uncomfortable to be like (laughs) and like smooth it over yeah but sometimes you just stop and you just listen Mm -hmm. and they'll wait for a response and you go I don't have anything to say like in your head of course (laughs) you'll see them immediately like the fight goes out of them or like the Mm. whatever goes out of them it's really Mm. powerful just Mm. just leaving space
0: yeah yeah silence is incredibly powerful and it's also like a very can be used as a very good business tactic as well
2: you know? yeah. Well, like maybe not in podcasting, but
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Now we'll have a minute oh, man. as Just- an ambulance drives by.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, um, I on that note, unless Corinne, you had some other questions you wanted to ask, but I think we have no. the main question to ask you, Jacob. Is being an artist fucking killing you?
2: Oh listen.
1: (laughs) I love when a response starts like
2: that. (laughs) (laughs) I think so I've I really thought about this. Um and I think the time between the art Mm. kills me. Mm. I think the aspect of job insecurity is killing me. The inconsistency is killing me. Um not being Having what we do not being honored as an actual job is killing me. Uh, Paying double rent because a theater can't afford to put on its artists is killing me. Um, Yeah, and like having to buy groceries at Dollarama is killing me. Um, uh, So, yeah, Um, I I think I blame the system, (laughs) a system that Uh, takes art, consumes it, but doesn't honor it. It's an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, to end on a positive note, (laughs) Ah, but, uh, but, but you know what? Okay. I'll tell a little anecdote. Yes, please. I was having, so I just graduated from Sheridan and, um, I was, uh, newly medicated for depression. Um, I was having really vivid dreams uh, about being pregnant and um, miscarrying. Mm, And then I looked that up and it said, when people have dreams like that, it means that there's a lack of creativity. And then that's when I started painting again, because I hadn't painted for years because I just focused on my acting. And immediately the dreams went away Mm. and I felt fulfilled and I could sleep at night. And that's when I kind of, came to this conclusion, and I say this all the time, if I'm not creating, I'm destroying, and it's usually myself I'm destroying. Mm. So I try to mm. stay creative or else I'm destructive. And um, mm. yeah, so art kills me and it saves me. <laughs> it right. was mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah. Well, it's beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> thank you. That's my you.
2: TED talk, thank you for coming. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 thank you so much. <laughs> um, (laughs) Thank you, Jacob, so much. If people were wanting to find you, contact you, where would they
2: find you? So I'm on the gram uh, at Jacob McInnes, uh, all one word. Uh, I have an art Instagram, Jacob McInnes art. uh, Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like generally that's it. (laughs) Do
1: you have any like upcoming shows in the city that people might be interested in?
2: I have a project. Ooh. In the East Coast that I don't think I'm allowed to talk about, but it's really exciting. Okay. Um, but oh, also during the pandemic, I wrote my first like pop song because <laughs> I've always wanted to write, and I got my heart broken in a really big way one time, and I wrote like a <laughs> whole album. That's and so it's like I want to So I worked with a, a recording studio uh, in in the UK, and I I recorded it. So it's called In My Dreams, and it's available anywhere you stream music
0: so let
2: me know if you like it (laughs)
0: thank you um thank you so much for being here if you like today's episode um if you have any questions if you also feel the things that we feel uh hit us up on instagram facebook twitter uh check us out on patreon go to radio public go check us out and uh, let us know what you think um happy new year and have happy, a great, new year. happy new year happy new year and have a we'll see you next week see you next time Ta-ra.